Welcome to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense, deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the intuitive therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. I am so, so, so excited to talk to you about the uh, topic today, which is the five languages of love. Uh, Many of you have heard about this, the book called uh, The Five Love Languages. I'm going to talk to you about that. I'm going to be referring to concepts in the book. Um... Because I love talking about love with people. One of the things that I love to do in my practice is work with couples. I have so many couples who come into my office who are in uh, really, really shitty places in their relationships. Uh, People don't go to therapy uh, because things are great. People come to therapy because things are not great. And so... Many, many, many times I've had couples who literally are ready to sign divorce papers. They're, they're drafted, but they're coming to me as a last resort to save their marriage and to learn the skills necessary to save their marriage because they really don't want to lose it. One of the things that I know about couples is that people don't get together. People don't get married to get divorced. I don't know anybody who does um, outside of very manipulative people who manipulate other people and then try to get money from them or get something. But I believe that uh, most people who want to connect with others and be in a relationship, they want to have a lifetime together. They want to have a good life. The challenge is, y'all, is that most people don't really know how to do that. They really don't. They don't know how to communicate. They don't, eat, they don't know what their spouse wants or likes or thinks about or dreams about, let alone what they really like, what they really need, what their dreams are, or how to even communicate their own feelings, let alone be able to balance and manage and be a part of a relationship and communicate. And that may sound like really simple to you, but I'm telling you, it is at the core of uh, people's difficulties in relationships. And so I love when people come in who are struggling. I know that sounds really weird, y'all, but it's true. Because then I get the opportunity to bring them out of that. From the very first session, um, I get the gift, the opportunity, the privilege of being able to help people understand what's going on from the get-go. And, and then peel back the layers and then give them strategies that are doable. I had a couple come in. They'd been married uh, maybe for about a year and a half, been together for three. Um, and he and his husband, were they were struggling. The last year uh, had been tough. They, they were fighting a lot. They were really judging a lot and not communicating. And uh, one of the guys reached out to me. He goes, you got to help us save our marriage. We, we had a friend who came to you and you helped her change uh, 
her life and, and their marriage, you got to help us. So they came in and literally within the first session, and I have to say, uh, it's not uncommon for the, one of the spouses to be hesitant, um, and suspicious of whether or not, uh, therapy is going to work or whether or not I can help. Uh, clearly it's not about me, but it's about them. Uh, but they came in and his spouse was very closed off, but he was also sick and tired of having problems. So we met and the very first thing that I realized was that they didn't understand each other in terms of what caused them pain. All they were doing was um, reacting to each other because shit had built up so much over time uh, that they, they were just so prickly and so inflamed in terms of their pain and it not being resolved that everything pissed them off. So my job was to help them understand that. And my job was to, to look at what they gave me and help them understand how, if the, who, how the person's pain, uh, impacted them and what, uh, the other person could do about it. And it was beautiful. Uh, the first session went great. And within three sessions, they had drastically shifted the nature of their relationship. They learned how to communicate. And all of a sudden, like the doors of love opened. And I am not lying to you at all. I mean, they came in in a really, really bad place. And many people do. And they just, people just need that, that thing to relieve the initial pain so that they can uh, move through the awkwardness of reconnecting. And a lot of the times what I offer are suggestions about how to intentionally and consciously make choices and have behaviors that will start shifting the dynamic in a relationship. And sometimes these things kind of feel contrived until they feel normal, but it doesn't take long if they work. So I'm excited to tell you that that this couple, uh, you know, he and his husband have made massive progress in a matter of uh, you know, three, four sessions, happier than ever. And they are really working every day to make sure that they don't get, get back into that black hole. And the way that they learned was to not only get clear about how they believed love looked, but also what love meant for them and how they felt loved. And that's what I'm going to talk about today with you. I'm going to talk to you about the five love languages that Gary Chapman talks about. I'm going to talk to you about how you figure it out for yourself. Um, I highly encourage you to get this book. It is a great book. Um, It has been, oh my God, a bestseller for however long and uh, been translated into languages all around the world because it makes such sense. If you don't know what kind of love you need, you got to get this book because it will open your eyes and open your heart and you're going to go, oh my God. That's why I felt so hurt. Uh, That's why I feel like my mate, my partner, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my husband, my wife doesn't understand me, can't give me what I need because you know what, I don't know it myself. And then the other half of that is that's why we've had some problems because my mate's unhappy because I'm not giving them love in the way that they need it. And so many couples are like, well, I do, you know, I, I, I love buying flowers for people, but it's like, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend, she doesn't appreciate that. She's like, okay, thank you. 
And I don't get that. I don't understand. Flowers would make any woman happy. And the truth is, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. But it may not be her love language. So I'm going to get into these five things in just one second. Uh, but write, write it down to get this book or go on Amazon and get this book. It's called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And take a moment to read what's in this book. So I want to start out with something that's so beautiful in, in the book. And it's a quote. <clears throat> and the quote is, the object of love is not getting something you want, but doing something for the well-being of the one you love. It is a fact, however, that when we receive affirming words and things that allow us to feel good, we are far more likely to be motivated and to reciprocate. Now, this is uh, one of the love languages I'm going to get into. Uh, words uh, words that, that are important to you. But if you think that your relationship is about you getting what you want only, then you are sadly mistaken because you got two people in a relationship. And here's what I know for sure. I practice this in my life and I teach this to my clients, the couples that come in. If you, the goal is for you like to be able to, of course, get your needs met. But to wake up every day saying to yourself or having the feeling of what can I do today to make my mate's life happier and better? What do they need? How can I anticipate what they need so that maybe, you know what, I make the coffee and every morning I bring them a cup because I want to show them that I think about them, that I love them, that they're a part of my life. So if you, if you can get into that space that a relationship isn't always about you getting you, you getting stuff for you, you're going to be in a great place to really advance and, and expand and deepen your love relationship. So the basis of this book is really to understand two things, what your love language is, and even more importantly, the love language of your mate. And you got to be willing to learn your primary, your, your mates or your spouse's primary love language, if you're going to be able to effectively communicate love. Okay. So I want you to keep that in mind. You got to know how they receive love. And once you do that, you are home free. So here are the five love languages. The first words of affirmation. Number two, quality time. Three, receiving gifts. Four, acts of service. Five, physical touch. Now I'll tell you before I get into anything for me, and I'm going to tell you this too, there's one that's going to trump everything. It may feel like to you or seem like to you, you know, God, I, I like all of that. But in truth, if your, ma your mate, I was about to say mouse, if your mate was um, going to do one thing or, or have one way of showing you that they get how you receive love, it would be one of these. One, you could have all these, uh, the, these other things underneath, but it really is one way. So let's say you decide to be, be in a partnership or a couple or even get married. What happens after the wedding, right? So here we are. How, how do you do marriage? Okay, you may think that y'all are openly communicating and all of that, 
what's going to happen is that there's something that's going to happen and you are longing to receive love and your and maybe your partner either stops doing it or doesn't do it in the first place and you're wondering uh-oh what's going on well i can tell you this somehow the communication ball has been dropped if your spouse stops doing things there may be a couple of reasons maybe you haven't reinforced them in their love language in a way they receive so that they can keep doing things. Maybe you haven't given them specifics about ways that you receive love so that you can feel it and then give it back. Um, Maybe they're going through something and they need something from you in order to give back to you. So really think about those things as I talk about these five love languages today. I'm sure many of y'all have heard about keeping your love tank full. We all know that If we give and give and give, uh, people will take. We know that because everybody wants love. Everybody wants goodness and light. But what happens when all we do is give and uh, we give everything away? Our tank becomes empty. Our reservoir of resource, of love, of energy, of light is gone. And... I don't want any of you to be in that position where you're in a relationship that's one-sided. That's horrible. It sucks. And so here's a way to change that. We've got to be able to feel and know that our need to be loved uh, has been met. It is totally fine to want to be loved. We all want to be loved. And the number one need that we all have is to belong and to be loved, period. Outside of needing to feel safe, it's really to, to have love and to belong. And so one way that we get to do that is to share with our spouse what we need and also to listen to the needs of our spouse. So we call this kind of like the emotional love tank. So really, um, I want you to know that even just by buying this book and reading it on your own, even if you're not in a relationship, it's going to give you a sense of what love looks like for you. And then when you get into a relationship, you get to have this knowledge ahead of time to be able to say, you know what, can I just tell you, like, for me, uh, when, when I get gifts, and they don't have to be expensive, when you think of me like a card or some flowers, or you buy my favorite dessert, I cannot begin to tell you how much I feel love, because it lets me know that I'm on your mind, that you're thinking of me, and that you're putting me first in your life. It feels so good. And especially if you genuinely mean it. I'm not talking about people who buy you gifts to pretend uh, uh, that you feel loved. I mean, you know when people have a genuine expression of love when they buy you things. So that's what I'm talking about. So when we fill our emotional love tanks, life is good. We can give, we can receive. Uh, Communication is healthy and uh, our relationships grow and deepen and we become uh, emotionally intimate with each other. So the first uh, love language is words of affirmation. Look, the the tongue has the power of life and death. Uh, And we can use our words to either build somebody up or tear them down. And of course, the goal in love is to build, build people up especially ourselves, how we talk to ourselves matters so much. 
Uh, it determines how resourceful we feel. Uh, and when we talk about our spouse, to ourselves, to our spouse, if we talk outside of the relationship about our spouse, my God, it really does matter. So when we, when let's say, for example, uh, you tell your spouse, sweetie, thank you so much for taking out the garbage. Uh, and you give them a kiss on the cheek. Um, and this person looks at you and says, you're welcome. You have no idea how much that registers with them. Uh, and as you go through, as you listen to, and hopefully, like I said, you'll get the book, uh, you're going to see, once you become aware of these five love languages, you're going to see what actually makes the biggest impact with your spouse. Like you can test it out. You might have a spouse that isn't really a touchy-feely kind of person, but boy, when you give them words of affirmation like, oh my God, you did such a great job painting that wall, or oh my God, thank you so much for fixing that. It's, it's, it's so wonderful. I love you. Thank you so much. Boy, Jack Pot, you're going to get more back than you could ever imagine. You're going to be able to build up your... Uh, your husband or wife's or boyfriend or girlfriend's love tank so much you don't even know. Words matter. They have a tremendous impact about how you live your life, the quality of your life and the quality of your spouse's life and the quality of your relationship. So, like I said, the object is of love is not uh, giving it to get. It's giving it to give. Um, and with words of affirmation, um, it's really words that, for example, are encouraging. Like you can give compliments. Uh, really, it's really the only one way to express words of affirmation to your spouse, right? You want to be able to inspire them to feel good and to continue to do what you need them to do and to be able to give back to you. One of the things that's in this book when it, when it talks about encouraging words is that Encouragement requires empathy and seeing the world from your spouse's perspective. You got to first learn what's important to your spouse. If you don't know, you're already in the hole. So talk to them. What matters to you? What's important to you? How can I help you and support you in doing what matters to you? We got to know this um, because that's really you, you want to be able to com communicate that you know, that you care, and, and that you're with them. And like I said, how you can help them be the best version of themselves. Tone of voice in your words matter more than you know. You could say the same statement, but with a different tone of voice, it could mean something entirely. And I'll tell you this, y'all, if y'all are somebody, <laughs> if you are somebody who texts all the time and think that's communication, you are so sadly mistaken because texting is not a way to communicate what you truly feel. It's an easy way out. So go old school, talk, communicate, call, be in person, talk to each other. <clears throat> so when you say it with genuine kindness and love, like something like, I love you, I need you. I, I missed you. Um, how are you? Even how are you? A text, you can't get that. It's just, you read words. How are you? Could be indifference. Could be so genuinely heartfelt that you miss it. So the tone of voice matters so much. Um, 
And I want you to really think about that. How you say what you say. I often talk to people about humility in relationships. And humility is not synonymous with weakness. It's not synonymous with giving in. And it's not synonymous with giving up. Humility has everything to do with being open. And love makes requests, not demands. When we demand, it means that we have some other feeling than love. We have anger, we have hurt, we have fear, we have anxiety. But love requests, it doesn't demand. And when we have desires, if if we're to love each other, we have to know what the other person wants and we have to know what we want. And the way we express those desires is really, really important. If they come across as demands, you have absolutely erased the possibility of intimacy and you're going to drive your spouse away. So I just want you to really think about that. Um, Because in essence, when you share with your spouse what you need, you are really in essence indicating that they have something that they can do that's meaningful and worthwhile to you to help you feel loved. So if this is your spouse's way of communicating or receiving love, or maybe this is your way of receiving love, you might uh, share with your spouse, you may say, oh my God, this meal is amazing. Oh, can we have it again? Or I, I, God, I know how much time you put into this. I'm really proud of you. It's so great to see you so dedicated. Or thank you so much for throwing your laundry in the basket. It really makes things easier for me. It means a lot. So literally, it's all you got to do is be kind, be loving. And if, like I said, if this is your spouse's love language, then um, all you have to do is say those kinds of things. Second one is quality time. Some people <clears throat> don't need the gifts. They don't need the words. They just want to be with you. Like that's the, even if you're sitting on the couch doing nothing, it's just being with somebody. I love, I love that when I'm with my man, just being with him. Um, and a lot of times we don't, you know, there are times where you don't even talk. It's just kind of like hanging out. Maybe our shoulders touch and we're just chilling and it's great. So maybe quality time, uh, it means giving someone your undivided attention. And I don't mean sitting on the couch, like sitting on the couch watching TV is the ultimate quality time. It can be, but truly if you're, if you're, um, If your spouse needs to talk about something, it means not answering your phone. It means not getting up and walking away and doing the dishes. It means sitting down and listening to what they have to say. It means being able to receive what they have to say in a way that isn't defensive. Because ultimately, when we're defensive in a relationship, of course it has to do with us. Because maybe we feel criticized or maybe we know that we haven't done everything we could do. So when quality time is your is your spouse's main way of receiving um it's it's really it's not always proximity but it's more about um really listening being together uh, with focused attention and in the book you'll read more about all the different uh types of uh quality of time you'll different qualities what what defines quality versus versus quantity now the third love language is receiving gifts now, I love, I love giving gifts. It, there's so many times where I, I get something for somebody and I can't wait. Like, I can't wait. If I get something early, a few months uh, before their birthday, I love birthdays. It's one of my favorite things. Um, 
I can't wait. I just want to give it to them. And that makes me excited because I know it will make them excited. So you got to look at at giving gifts as something that, you know, you can hold in your hand uh, and say, look, you know, in other words, this is an example of the fact that I was thinking about you. Uh, And the person on the other hand is going to say, oh my gosh, she remembered me or he remembered me. So you got to be thinking of something to do. You know, the gift itself is a symbol of the thoughtfulness that you have. And it it doesn't have to be fancy or uh, expensive. Like I said, it could be that you go to the grocery, uh, you're out of their favorite cream cheese, and you get their cream cheese and say, baby, look what I got. You're almost done. So I wanted to make sure it, it wasn't out before you got to it. So Gifts really are, like I said, visual symbols of love. You know, most wedding ceremonies include giving and receiving rings. And, you know, these are the outward invisible signs of an inward and spiritual bond that unites two people in love. You know, that, that, that doesn't have an end. So these, these visual symbols of love, they are so much more important to some people than to others. That's why, you know, some people have different attitudes towards wedding rings. You know, some people, they're like, I, I don't need a ring to know that I'm married. It's enough that I know, and it's enough that my my spouse and I are committed to each other. Um, So if your spouse's primary love language is receiving gifts, you can become proficient gift givers. So in fact, it really truly is one of the easiest love languages to learn, is to learn what they like, pay attention to that, the little nuances, the things that they buy at the grocery repeatedly, the kind of clothes they wear, the socks they have, the, the, uh, the music they like. Get them their favorite CD or, or uh, subscription to uh, uh, their favorite uh, magazine. Whatever it is, know your spouse enough to know the kinds of things that you can get them. And, and I'll tell you this, don't necessarily go for money. Money money's money. Um, I remember I was dating someone uh, at one point, and uh, he gave me money. And I thought, well, that's nice. And the thought was, go buy something you want. And I was like, that's nice. But I would rather you have taken the time and have been thoughtful to buy me a gift, even if all you got me was my favorite candy. That would have been even more meaningful than than the money. One of the things that this author talks about, which is so powerful, is the gift of self. And, And it's not to think that you know, you, you need to be arrogant or egocentric saying, well, it's enough that I'm there. No way. What I'm talking about is when, let's say, for example, your your spouse or your mate or your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend is going through something tough. The fact that you're there, and I don't mean just you're a warm body in a room because you might as well not be there if that's the case, but the fact that you're there, that you're present, that your physical presence in the time of a crisis uh, and, and being there, touching them, holding them, listening, really could be one of the most powerful gifts you can give your spouse if that's how they experience love. So think about that. Um, showing up, calling, not just once, but following up every day with maybe a friend or your, your partner and say, how are you today? was thinking about you. That's that's pretty amazing. So think about how you can show up literally for your spouse uh, in terms of that gift. 
acts of service uh, is the fourth love language. And I want to really explain this one because uh, I think a lot of people might get confused about what that means. Acts of service are uh, doing things that uh, allow your spouse to know that you hear what they value, that you understand that in the way that they value it. So for example, like if someone asked you, if, if somebody's love language was acts of service where uh, they, where their spouse did things um, for them that helped them feel love, um, if that's you, could, do you really, do you really feel loved by your spouse if they do things for you that allow you to feel good? The answer probably would be yes. So things like, um, you know, cleaning the bathroom, uh, painting the bedroom, um, cleaning the car, changing the cat's litter box, doing all those things, taking, taking the trash out. Um, yes, those things are acts of service. And if you do them with love, they can absolutely be expressions of love. But what I'm talking about here, y'all, is, is acts of service that, um, that are the ones that matter to your spouse. So let's say, for example, you know, you and your spouse are having difficulty and your spouse's uh, love language is acts of service. Like, I just want him to be able to do things for me, with me. Uh, that's how I feel loved is when we, when I receive these kinds of things from him. So maybe, maybe your spouse says, hey, will you, um, I, I really, I really want you to go to church or synagogue with me or temple with me. Um, and you're like, oh, she wants me to go all the time. And I don't mind going. Uh, but you know what? Sundays is my day of rest. And look, it's all right if she wants to go, but I don't really think I, I sh should have to go. I'm just using that one example because it kind of came up and it comes up in the book. Here's the thing. Your, your, your partner is asking you to do something that means something to them. A lot of the times I hear couples say, well, he likes this kind of movie and I don't really like that kind of movie, so I don't want to go see that kind of movie. But you're missing an opportunity to support your spouse, to show, to speak to them in their love language. The power, the impact of you going to a movie that they know you don't like, but because you love them enough, you're willing to let go of your dislike, it will uh, reap benefits like you don't even know. They will feel loved. So you got to think about it that way, that you may not be uh, so happy to go and do something, but if it makes your spouse happy, if it allows your spouse to feel loved, do it. As long as it's not illegal, y'all. Got to tell you that one. So you may be doing things for your spouse, um, but, you know, it may not be the right things. You th so you got to ask. It's fine for you to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing all these things. Is there anything in particular you'd like me to do that would make you feel good? A anything? Um, and chances are a person who, who has this love language uh, will tell you. I wanted to say something that's important in, uh, in the book. You have to know before marriage, um, you're carried along by the, the force of kind of being in love, you know. But I'm going to tell you, and I agree with this author, after marriage, you revert to being the people you were before you fell in love. 
Being in love is amazing. It's wonderful. Um, but we go back to doing things in the ways that we were brought up. And your own personality, your perception of love and your emotions and your need and desires, all of that really comes into play after marriage. Uh, it, it's not going to be the same behavior you exhibited when you were caught up in being in love. That's very, very different. Uh, what we do when we date uh, and we're in love is we, our representative shows up. We're on great behavior. Everything's goo goo gaga, wonderful. Uh, and then reality sets in. Uh, there's a truth here in this book um, that I want y'all to hear. Um, if you're somebody who is I, what the author calls him a mature lover, uh, you're going to be able to hear this way better than anybody else who isn't at the, the, the space of being open to receiving and growing with their spouse. And this truth is this, your spouse's criticism about your behavior is going to provide you with the clearest clue to their primary love language. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Your spouse's criticism about your behavior is going to be the clearest clue to their primary love language because people tend to criticize their spouse most loudly in the area where they themselves have the deepest emotional need. Their criticism really, it's, it's an ineffective way of pleading for love. So if your spouse says, you don't ever go with me anywhere, we, why don't we ever go out on dates? I mean, there you go. You know, uh, that's your message. And if there's stuff underneath that, talk about it. Not argue, talk about it. So if you understand that, it's going to help you process their criticism in a more productive manner. It's going to allow you to listen and receive rather than being defensive. You don't want to walk on eggshells with words in your relationship, but you sure want to be able to um, share respectfully and as clearly as possible. Now, the five, the fifth love language is physical touch. I will tell you, um, for me, um, these two rank really, really high. Um, physical touch is absolutely, for me, so huge. Um, I know that when I'm next to my man, um, I got to hold his hand. I got to touch his face. I got to sit next to him. I don't need to be on him all the time, but or touch him or kiss him or whatever it is, uh, rub my hand on his back because I like that's, that's my love language. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, it makes me feel good. Uh, it's so funny because when, you know, when we sit together and if, if we're not, if he's on one end and I'm on the other side of the couch, um, I, I miss him and I feel, um, feel like there's so much distance. So I will always, you know, get up and kiss him, say hello, uh, touch him, that kind of thing. Uh, because that's, that's my, that's my love language. My other love language that is right up top is you could call it words of affirmation, but my way is hearing, I love you. I miss you. Can't wait to see you. Um, <clears throat> been thinking about you. Um, those kinds of things, um, absolutely make me feel like I'm on top of the world. So, Physical touch for, for some people is like the way. Uh, and for those people who aren't touchy-feely people, I'm going to ask you to really think about pushing yourself to do so. Because if let's say you're walking into the kitchen 
and your partner, mate, or girlfriend, boyfriend's there, all you have to do is touch their back. As you pass them, uh, rub their arm, kiss them on the cheek, squeeze their butt, hug them, like that's it. It really is very simple. And it's going to help you feel more comfortable with physical affection too. Because seriously, the body is there for touching. It's not just to live separately. You know, whatever there is of me resides in my body. To touch my body is to touch me. So to withdraw from my body is to distance yourself with me emotionally. That, that's truly how I feel. Uh, and that's, that's in the book. It's like <clears throat> we, those of us who are touch people, that's our way of communicating. That's a way of connecting. That's a way of uh, keeping ourselves tethered to our mates. Um, so if you are somebody whose physical touch is your love language or your spouse's, understand that that's what that means. If you don't touch me, then you are not emotionally connected to me. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. I just want to leave you, um, you know, with this, with a couple of thoughts. One is meeting your spouse's need for love is a choice that you can make every day, every moment. And if you know their primary love language, you can choose to speak it. You can meet their deepest emotional need and create security and safety. It is one of the most important things to do, to know your partner's love language, uh, because we all want that sense of safety and security in our relationship. That's how we grow uh, as a couple, uh, and that's how we grow individually too. So take a moment, think about what I said today, get the book, it's really awesome. Have your spouse read it. And then come together and talk about it. This is going to be one of the things that's going to change your relationship more than uh, almost anything else outside of learning how, of course, how to verbally communicate your emotions in a way that works. Um, So think about it. If you know already what your love language is and you don't feel your spouse does, sit them down and say, you know what I figured out? I I realize that I, I need you to touch me more. I love it when you walk by. Or when you when you tell me how good I look, when you tell me I've done a great job, that makes me feel so important and loved. Can you please do that more? I want to know you mean it, though. I don't want you to fake it. But can you please? Or when when you do things for me, when when you buy me my favorite cheese, when you buy me my favorite flowers, when you get me a card that's heartfelt, that makes me feel wonderful. When When we're together and I need to talk about something and you, you listen to me, you stop everything and you listen, I can't tell you how much... Uh, I feel loved. Those simple things can change the trajectory of your relationship. And then every single time, especially just to start with, your spouse meets that need, speaks to you in your love language, compliment them, say thank you. I feel so special. I look forward to hearing your feedback about this podcast. Um, If you're struggling, with any part of your life, love, relationships, uh, job, money, business, uh, anything in your life, and you want to know more, call me for a reading, reach out to me. Um, 
I offer 30, 45, 60 minute readings that truly can help you understand a lot. Um, and of course, if you want to work on your marriage, like I said, I work with people all over the, the world, all over the country, uh, remotely, uh, and am able to help them accomplish the same things that I do with the clients in my office. So reach out to me, www.janisrcohen.com. That's J-A-N-I-S-R-C-O-H-E-N.com. Let, let me help you make your life better. And as always, please visit iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. Please write a, uh, you know, rate and review uh, uh, my podcast. Whatever you feel like writing, however you feel like it's impacted you, a couple of sentences, one sentence, a paragraph, I don't care, whatever it is, I'd love that. So uh, I can reach more people uh, the higher my ratings are and the more people that comment. So I wish you a wonderful day, a blessed week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes.